Welcome back to another episode of Rewilding for Women, where we talk about opening up to our fullness, stepping into the allness that is us. I'm your host, Sabrina Lynn, founder of Rewilding. This episode is beautiful and magical and mysterious. Um, We talk about the fact that I'm a witch, you're a witch. Let's just own that and open up to the gifts already. (laughs) So we kind of talk about the ways that best support us in opening up to some of our more hidden gifts, some of the more hidden aspects of the feminine, some of the more hidden aspects of self. Um, Go into ways to do that and also what's required of us to open up fully to some of these gifts that are considered more mysterious or more magical um, or more mystical. Um, It's a beautiful episode and again it was recorded in our Facebook group which is where all of our podcasts get recorded at the moment. If you're not a member of our Facebook group I invite you to come join us. Um, Just do a search for Rewilding for Women on Facebook as a group and you'll find us or you can go to our homepage, um, rewildingforwomen.com, and you'll find a link to our group there. You'll also find on our homepage the ability to become a subscriber. And being a subscriber is kind of cool because I send you a note every week just talking about the upcoming live stream, inviting you to it, letting you know kind of the backstory of it, and then also sharing some other rewilding stuff. So we do a monthly astrology report. We share different little tidbits with our subscribers that we don't share elsewhere. So very much invited to come be a subscriber and also to come join our group if you feel to. All right, that's enough of me talking. Enjoy the episode. Before we dive into what I consider to be the deep gifts of the feminine, the soul gifts, the esoteric gifts, the witch gifts, the medicine woman gifts, the priestess gifts, the mystic gifts, the lover gifts, before we dive into that and open up space for that, I'm going to encourage us to bring ourselves in. So it's always that kind of starting practice of being here, being fully here, and being here in a way that's not just mentally here, or logically here, or analytically here, that's a beautiful part of self. It's a beautiful part of our being, but it's one part of our being. There's so much more to us, so I'm I'm going to encourage you to be here from that place of very open-bodied place. So the whole of the energetic system is open, and I always like to feel into that inner column, that inner vortex, that um, kind of that central channel that runs from the base of your spine straight up through the center of your being and out the crown. So if you just want to bring your awareness to that for a second and to just breathe into that for a moment, I love Bee's comment, I step into our circle now, and it's that. It's holding that intention, setting that intention, and for all of us who are here, making that energetic choice to transcend screen, right? So whether you're listening to this on a podcast, maybe you're only listening to it audio, but to transcend the screen, transcend the technology, we've got that capability. That's one of our gifts is we absolutely have that capability to step beyond time and space. Most of us don't do it or we don't know how to do it or we don't believe we can do it or we don't practice it consciously. Now's the time to practice it. And it's a whole lot easier to practice these gifts, which we're going to talk about, a whole lot easier to practice these gifts when you're in a space that is full of Shakti, that is full of women who have already opened that door, that is full of women who hold those gifts and those mysteries close to their hearts, um, that allow all of that to infuse their beings versus 
trying to do it in, let's say, a corporate world where the majority of the energetics there don't believe in the things that we're talking about. Um, so now is an amazing time to practice this, an amazing time to feel, to open the whole of the body, to open the whole of the energetic system, and to even practice that gift that we've all got of transcending time and space, transcending the screen or the audio that you're listening to. Maybe it's closing your eyes, maybe it's finding a different position to sit in, maybe it's moving, maybe it's breathing that central channel open. Whatever it is for you, do that. I invite you to do that so that we can sit here and circle and do some really big stuff outside of just having a logical conversation from my brain to your brain and we miss the magic. So especially when we're going to start talking about the mysteries and the magic and the hidden and the gifts in this fashion, these kind of gifts, this kind of magic, it is imperative that we let go of our attachment to logic, to reason, to the mind that is oftentimes the thing that gets in our way, the thing that shuts that down. Um, all right, so just breathing. If you feel to help to open up circle in a way, if you feel to help to hold the energy in a way or to open the door in a way, um, some of you know what I'm talking about, some of you don't, and that's totally fine wherever you're at, whatever that means for you or whatever arises for you. Um, it's an invitation. It's an invitation to stand in that, in that space. All right. Where do we start? Let's start with the word witch. <laughs> um, I remember on a mystery retreat in Australia, we had a conversation about the term witch. There was a woman who was in circle with us. There were 19, 19 of us, 20 with myself. And there was a woman who the word witch, the term witch, really opened some places with her, within her that were not comfortable, that were not pretty, that were very full of fear, very full of hurt, very full of wounding, very much full of um, fear, really, fear. Um, and so in that particular circle... We had a conversation around not using the term witch in rewilding. Yeah, uh, that was maybe, I don't even know how long ago that was, maybe nine months ago. I don't even think it was a year ago. Um, so I share that story from a standpoint of holding really big love and really big space for whatever the term witch brings up in you. I used it strategically. I used that term specifically because I don't want to dance around it. I don't want to dance around that term. Um, there's something in the reclaiming of that word that opens a door to reclaiming particular aspects of the feminine, especially especially when it comes to our gifts, especially when it comes to our magic, especially when it comes to those really, really hidden underground aspects of the feminine. Um, so if it brought something up for you, I just want to say I'm holding huge love for that, huge space for that. If what it brought up for you was... I'm ready to dance and celebrate that. I honor that and I see that too. Um, so I want to hold that in absolute love, reverence, and respect, whatever the term may have brought up for you. Now, the next story that I want to share about this Maybe I don't want to share a story, but the next aspect of this that I want to share is 
how this topic kind of came through this morning or how the energy behind this conversation came through was, <laughs> it's, it's going to be interesting to explain this, but it was, all right, so I'm a witch and you're a witch. Now let's fucking get on with it and let's open up to the gifts. Because I'm sick of having this conversation around, is it okay to be a witch? Are we okay? Are you going to get burnt? Am I going to get burnt? Are we going to get killed in this, this lifetime? I don't know. Should we keep holding on to this fear? Should we keep playing it small? Should we keep ourselves hidden? Should we maybe not step over there because uh, I don't really know about that? Like we're going to be judged and people are going to think I'm really crazy when I tell them I'm not actually going to a meditation retreat, but what I'm actually doing is da 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 So that's the energy that came in this morning around this topic is, let's just own this already. Let's just own the fact that this is an aspect of the feminine. Let's let that rip. Let's let that open in us. Let's let that be free. Let's let that be wild and awaken us. Let's stop arguing the fact of whether or not we have that aspect in us. P.S. Men have this too. I'm so not discounting that. Um, men absolutely have witch in them. They absolutely have medicine man in them. They absolutely have big fucking magic in them. So this is not just specific to women or specific to the feminine. There's big magic and potency held in the masculine and the feminine. But then within us as beings, there's also big magic held within my masculine and my feminine. So I can step into my feminine magic or witch magic, if we want to use those words. And then I can also step into my masculine magic or medicine man, if we want to use those words. I'm just throwing out different words to help us explain this. So I hope that that's clear, um, is that I'm honoring and respecting both sexes. I'm also honoring and respecting the magic contained in both of those energetics. Both of those energetics meaning the masculine and the feminine energetics. But I'm also respecting the fact that men have a witch in them. They've got, they've got medicine woman, just like they've got medicine man. Same for us. We've got both. We'll express it all to different degrees, just like with everything. And also will express our magic differently. So I know we know that, but I think sometimes it's really important to hear that and to be reminded of that is the way that your magic will express itself will be different to the way my magic will express itself. All right. So Going back to how this energy came in for me this morning and what was very, very clear is this is really important, really important. The gifts will only open when you are ready to stand in that. When you are able to own the witch, or the medicine woman, or that aspect of the feminine, then the gifts will arise. So it's that energy around, all right, so I'm a witch, I am a witch, that's it, I'm a witch, and that's cool. You being able to say that, yeah, and you don't have to use the word witch. It's not about the word witch. It could be whatever that term is for you that might be hard to say. So if you start to feel into this a little bit for yourself, for what is true for you, what is it that it's hard for you to say? What is it that it's hard for you to tell your family about or your friends from childhood about? What are those aspects that are hard? So for me, it was really hard um, to stand in this. I hid for years, years and years and years and years and years. And then when I started to be found out, I just started to make things up or brush under the carpet or say, oh, no big deal. I was just doing yoga. I was just meditating, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, so I would love to open that door for us to share in this moment. 
This can be extraordinarily powerful. So for those of you who are here live, I'm going to encourage you to share a comment. What is it that it is hard for you to stand in? Where I can say, I'm a, I'm a witch. Um, I'm this one. Did you see me roll my eyes? You may have felt that energy because this is a hard one for me to say still. It's really hard. I watch my ego sort of get a hold of it or I watch. And when I say ego get a hold of it, I don't always mean ego as in I'm boisterous and I'm egotistical about it. Ego also getting a hold of it and saying, no, you're not. No, you're not. No, no, you're not. You're not that. You're not that. And, and the ego makes you smaller. Um, so either uh, Akka, oh, I love that Nebu, a term for which in Finnish. Oh, heck yeah, that's so beautiful. Becky, I am a priestess, I am a healer, I am a witch, and you just nailed the word that I felt myself roll my eyes at, and that word is priestess. So that's been a really tough one for me, and I still have, there's still stuff around it um, for me. Uh, I was hard sharing with my loved ones and claimed her, I'm a powerful woman full of magic and gifts. Tiffany, I am a healer. Um, these are so, so good, and they're just different examples um, of words that are hard for us to stand in. So the fact that there's that residual hiding is the fact, or no, 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 the fact that there's a little bit of hiding in there or a little bit of downplaying it or a little bit of fear to speak it, to express it, to own it, shows you that that is not fully open, right? Because we will always dampen some of the gifts or hide some of the gifts when we can't fully own it. Am I making sense here? It's hard to find words around this stuff, but here's the thing. As long as there's fear in me, I'm going to hamper this in a way. I'm going to dim it. You can call it dimming, like dimming your magic, hiding your magic in a way. So as long as there's still this hesitation around whatever terms we're using, whatever term you're using, so I'm here hearing more, um, healer, peacemaker, uh, standing in my light, witch and bitch, been ashamed by the pit, right? Um, uh, I'm just looking for some more. Uh, I'll stop scrolling through that. Um, wild witch woman. Right, so whatever those words are, are for you, can be really insightful, can really, and if you're reading some of these other comments, that can also be really insightful, or just listening, if you're listening to the audio later on, around what I'm sharing of other, what other women have said. Um, so, I think that was the first aspect that we need to talk about. We're kind of setting this conversation up. So we needed to talk about witch. We need to talk about the owning of the witch or whatever term we're using for whatever mystical, magical aspect of self that we're talking about. And I want to talk about how these mysteries open. Um... I'm, I'm smiling like an idiot over here because it's so hard. It is so hard to talk and to translate into words. So I'm just, I'm going to do, I'm just going to do the best that I can in this moment to translate into words. Because for me, it's the experience of it. It's the opening to it. It's the unfolding of it that makes it real, that that is the truth. Um, when you start to talk on these levels, you start to lose words to explain what it is that we are capable of as human beings, 
what it is that we are capable of opening to, to awakening to things that we consider to be magic and miracles and and, and that's probably something else worth explaining or just giving you a definition of what that term, um, just a little bit of a talk around that. I think we sort of see magic and miracles as things that are not common in everyday life or almost things that we sort of hope are there, but we don't really know if we believe they're there. Do you feel that? Do you kind of feel that? Like you read it in a book and you're kind of like, yeah, I understand what you're saying, but there's a part of me that just doesn't quite believe that you're capable of doing that or that that's capable of happening. Um, So I remember reading um, one of the spiritual masters um, autobiographies. I think it was like an, um, autobiography of a yogi or one of the like super, super popular ones. I can't remember. He's telling all of these to me are magical, mystical things that I have never seen. I've never heard of in my everyday world where I grew up. They, those things did not exist to me. And so to me, they were magic. They were miracles. They were maybe things that were real, maybe not. That's what we're talking about here. That's the yes, that's what we're going into. Um, And so now I'm kind of standing in a place where those things are real. Those things that I thought were magic and were miracles that I didn't really know if I believed in them, I've experienced or I've witnessed in another woman and I now know that they are real. And to me, that is the only way that it will ever be real to somebody. It is the only way. There is a part of us deep, 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 deep in our bones that knows (laughs) that there are things, way bigger things than what we've experienced, that there are mad, there is magic, that there are miracles. So there is a part of us that knows that. But oftentimes the world that we live in kills that off in us. That in our Western society, in the world that I grew up in, that was never nurtured. That was opposite of nurtured. That was hampered and squashed and put down. Um, And so I think some of you can really, really relate to that. Um, What was nurtured was the logical and the rational. And logical and rational don't exactly support mystical, (laughs) miraculous, unproven, unseen, otherworldly, from a different realm, inner world stuff. (laughs) Uh, So that's part of the reclaiming. That is a really, really big part of the reclaiming the gifts, the reclaiming full potentiality of human being. To me, we have barely scratch the surface of what we as humans are actually capable of. Not from a let's build skyscraper standpoint, but capable of from a loving, healing standpoint, from an opening, from an awakening standpoint, from a manifesting, from a moving objects without touching them standpoint. Um, We've relied so heavily on physical world things. We've relied so heavily on logic and reason and material things, right? Like the physical, if I can touch it, it's real. And there are these powers within us that go far beyond that, right? Far beyond that. And 
most people in this world, I think, will barely scratch the surface of those. They'll maybe have like little glimpses of maybe when their mother passes over, they start to feel into how they can actually connect to the other realm how you know their mother passes over and they're having these wild experiences of um of being in commu- communication with that soul or that spirit on the other world on the other side and so i think not i think it's really most will only barely touch it and then will fall back out and forget it or rationalize. Here's a question. How many times has something miraculous happened to you? A synchronicity, some sort of a, some sort of a something outside of your everyday life, outside of your everyday waking consciousness, something happens, something magical or miraculous. And then you just end up talking yourself out of it or rationalizing it away or going, nah, that, nah, that couldn't really be. How, how off, like, right? That's so common. And part of the gift of being in circle, part of the gift of even us coming together like this weekly, I know we're not going to the depths and we're not going to the heights, But part of us coming together weekly is it's holding that space and saying, this is real. I can't tell you how many times this weekend during mystery school. So mystery school, we gather in person and it's a circle of 13 women were there this weekend. And I get to witness these amazing gifts, these amazing otherworldly, deeply feminine, witchy, esoteric, um, psychic, priestess, um, healer gifts emerging and arising in women. And you tangibly, physically see it and witness it and it's there. And then It will happen for a woman and it will be maybe her first time that this channel opens. So the first time that her priestess channel opens and and she opens she opens to this energy and blasts the room with this beautiful light-filled, love-filled energy that opens and kind of awakens everybody in a way. Or shifts the whole of the vibration in the room. And then you, you, you kind of see this sort of coming back from it and like, uh, what, what was that? What was that? Or, uh, somebody tell me that I'm not making this up. Somebody tell me that I'm not crazy. Somebody tell me that I'm not, that, that this is real. And so, so often, one of the most amazing gifts of being in a circle like that or other circles where the mysteries and the magic is the aim and is held and is the intention and is the cauldron and is what we're doing. Sometimes one of the biggest gifts of that is to hear other women say, I see you. It's real. That thing that you just felt, it did this for me and it's real. So what you just experienced, that's real. It's real. The rest of the world probably won't be able to tell you it's real because they can't see yet. They can't feel yet. Those senses are not awake in them yet. This is the other thing that we really have to honor is that Nobody can see it until they're ready to see it. It remains hidden, even if it's in full view. Full view. It remains hidden until that person is ready to see the gift or that energy or that ability or that miracle or that magic or that vibration or that height. They can't get to the heights. They're not open to it yet. They're not wired to see yet or feel yet. They simply cannot see yet. That's it. 
that that's it. And for us who are on this awakening path, it's to honor that and also not allow that to hurt us. So something that I can share with you around supporting this process of opening and awakening to your witch or opening and awakening to the gifts of the medicine woman or the priestess or the healer or the oracle or whatever, whatever it is, is share it where it's safe, supported, loved, nurtured, and can be seen. Share it with those who can see. Share it with those who are at the vibratory level to witness, to see, to know. Because if they're not, they will tell you that you're full of shit, that you're making it up, that it's not real. They will put you in an insane asylum for it (laughs) because it doesn't fit in their box. It doesn't fit in their reality. Carl Jung, I fucking love this story. Carl Jung, we all know Carl Jung. He's a master of the archetypes. He is one of the most profound and amazing psycho-spiritual leaders of all time, right? Amazing man. On his journey, he had a patient who was having a kundalini awakening and those are how he those were his words she was having a kundalini awakening he had zero comprehension of that he had zero and he'll talk about how he did not know how to support that and he made really bad decisions around that patient's care really bad decisions why because he wasn't yet here. He couldn't yet see. He couldn't yet hold the mysteries. He wasn't even fucking aware of the mysteries. So he made a bunch of bad decisions around her treatment and actually ended up, and I know that a lot of you can relate to this, um, ended up like, I mean, and it's all perfect. It's always all perfect. Um, But You can search more around that, but I love that as such a raw, real example and of a man then getting to the heights where he could see, where he had gnosis of it, where he had comprehension, not just logical comprehension, but soul comprehension of it. And then he could look back and go, wow, I couldn't see then, but I can see now. I see now what's happening because I can see. Um, So that's something that's really, really, really important um, is to be very discerning on this path, very discerning when the gifts start to awaken and they can be small gifts. So I also don't want you to get caught up and go, oh, well, there's no big profound gifts coming in for me. And by the way, you're gonna be the last person to see your gifts. It's just the way it works. It is the hardest for us to see ourselves. That's another gift of being in circle. That's another gift of not going it alone Um, is other women can tell you what they see in you. So I remember once years ago, somebody had said to me, Sabrina, you're a priestess and you're going to have to figure out a framework on how to bring that in. My jaw hit the floor. And every defense mechanism in my entire system went up, right? The you're full of shit. There is no way. Priestessing, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. That's fluffy lala, foo-foo shit that I want nothing to do with. So every defense mechanism in my being went up. All of them. So I'm sharing this because this is oftentimes what happens around some of these things. But there was such a gift in that, that somebody saw it, spoke it, smashed me with it. And even if it caused all of my defenses to come up, it broke through one tiny little crack in me. One tiny little crack in me before any of the magic opened before any of my abilities opened or so I thought somebody saw it and spoke it 
And that is such a gift. It is such a gift when someone can say to you, I see the healer in you. I see the big magic in you. I see that you have this wisdom and this knowledge around herbs that I've never experienced before. I see your gift of vision, your gift of sight. I see your empathic abilities. I see your ability to mother in a way that I've never experienced before. Whatever it is, whatever those gifts are. But I think a lot of times we're looking for fireworks. We're looking uh, at ourselves. We are our worst enemies and our harshest critics and our biggest judge. And so we're looking for experiences like the ability to awaken someone's kundalini and until we have that ability we've got no magic right or we're looking for the ability to like read someone's whole akashic record and until i can read someone's whole akashic record i've got no magic i don't i don't have any magic so I'm going to tell you that never fucking happens. That's not how it is. You don't just wake up one day and you can suddenly like Muktananda's ability to awaken thousands of people's kundalini energy in one sitting over a weekend, right? That doesn't just happen one day. And then it really hits you like, oh, yeah, I do have this this esoteric witchy gift. (laughs) It comes little by little, like little tiny things will start to arise, little tiny things. And the trick is to nurture the shit out of it, to love the shit out of it, to witness the shit out of it, to have somebody love it out of you, to have somebody witness it out of you. I see it. I witness it. I believe in it. This world needs that. Can you bring it out more? So it's finding those spaces where it's nurturing, where it's loving. And if, and I'm sharing this, it's so raw because I was just in mystery school with women. And so I'm, I'm also just still so full of that particular energy and what it is that, what it is that works, what it is that supports, what it is that, I guess for lack of a better way of saying it, puts you on the fast track. And I hate saying the fast track because that sounds so cliche and cheesy and bleh. But by nurturing it, by having someone else see it, you're not battling, you're not battling the voices in your head saying, no, that wasn't real. You're not battling your parents telling you you're a crazy person. You're not battling your partner saying like, ah, yeah, no, I don't, ah, I don't really think so. Can we just keep it on the mundane, normal, everyday waking consciousness level? Cause you're making me really uncomfortable, right? So when you can surround yourself with others who are walking the path, I am going to tell you what, the things that happen, how rapid it happens, how big it happens, is going to blow, it'll blow your mind. It, it will, it blows your mind at how quickly the, the transitions happen, the transformation happens, the openings, the awakenings happen. Um, I, I, nurture it, nurture it as you must nurture yourself, right, Bessie? It's, it is a part of self. It is a part of self. Um... Maybe the last thing that I want to share on this, and then I'll open it up to questions, is do the work to clear the way. So when I say do the work to clear the way, do the work to clear the fear, do the work to clear the rage, do the work to clear the darker, denser energies that sit in you and clog you up. So do the de-rubbling. We talk about de-rubbling and rewilding all of the time. Um, do the de-rubbling. Find what works for you. Find what you're called to do. Um, for us, it's shamanic work. It's tantric work. It's the archetypal work. It's, it's, it's the practices that take us into those deep energetic spaces that are very, very unconscious But what it's doing is it's removing the boulders out of the way of our magic coming because we don't get to open up to our magic when we're scared shitless of our magic. 
right? We don't get to. The magic won't come because you're too scared of the magic. Your power won't come if you're scared of your power. If you're scared you're gonna hurt someone with your power, it's not gonna come because your whole energetic being will keep it on lockdown, will keep it hidden because what your energetic being thinks it's doing is it thinks it's keeping you safe. It will always work to keep you safe. And as long as it thinks it's keeping you safe by hiding your magic, it's gonna do that. And so what you do is you de-rubble. So you de-rubble all of those unconscious things that are held within us that makes us think that we're not safe if we open up to our gifts. And those unconscious things are not just things from this life. So this is not a mental realm. You can't just go and talk through it. You've got to go deeper than the mental realm. The mental realm is one realm and it's like here. There's like 10 other realms to get to when you're opening up to these gifts, these mysteries, this magic, the fullness of self. And especially around which, especially around which we hold we hold energetics of past lives where it didn't quite work out for us. Where the last time I opened up to my gifts, I lost my babies. The last time I opened up to my gifts, I was burnt on the stake. The last time I opened up to my gifts didn't really pan out so well. We're not mentally conscious of that most of the time. Some of us are. But a lot of times it's hidden deep, 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 deep in the body. And you're going to want to do practices that take you beyond the mental realm to access that rubble. And once that starts, this is this is another part of the beauty of this is that's really all you need to do. I swear to God, I swear to God, that's really all you need to do. That's, that, that's all you need to do is get rid of the rubble because once the rubble's out of the way, the mystery, the magic, the wisdom can't help itself but to be expressed. I swear to you. I, sw I watch it in every fucking mystery school I've ever run. I've watched it in every woman who has de-rubbled consistently. Every woman who has pulled out the blocks, pulled out the wounding, pulled out the fear, pulled out the hurt, pulled out all of that stuff. Once that's out, the mysteries come. You don't have to be trained in the mysteries. Yeah, sometimes it really helps and, and it brings in little pieces, but it happens. They open. They just open. And it happens. And you start to go, oh, I didn't know I knew this. Or why is my body doing this? How is it that I'm suddenly having sacred tantric sex with my partner? I was never taught how to do that. How is it that I'm suddenly priestessing? I was never taught how to do that. How is it that I'm able to go into these meditations? I was never taught how to do that. How is it that I'm able to turn off a candle flame with just my mind? I was never taught how to do that. It naturally awakens in you, naturally arises in you. That's the magic. That's the mystery of this whole thing. It's just getting all of the little parts of self out of the way. All of the fears, all of the questioning, all of the doubt, all of that out of the way. And what happens, it comes. It just comes. And then you've got women who are sitting in your circle with you going, did you see that? Did you, did you see what you just did? Did you see that's real? That's real, that's beautiful, that's amazing, that made me feel this way. Or you actually healed my shoulder that's been in pain for 10 years. I don't know how you did it. And you're just going, I don't know how I did that either, but something in my body just knew and I knew to put my hand there at the right time and there was this energy flowing through me while I touched your arm and I don't know. I, that's why it's called mysteries, right? Um, yeah, that's what I wanna end on is it just happens, it arises. They come, they come. You just do the work, that's it, just do the work. The work as in puking out whatever you need to puke out, that's blocking you. 
releasing whatever it is around your gifts, around the opening up of this whole channel. Open up the channel, right? Open up. When you open up that channel, you're coming from a whole different place, a whole different creative place, a whole different place of life force flowing through you. And it's how does that life force want to express through you? And when that life force energy starts expressing through you cleanly, clearly, crisply, miracles are happening. Gifts are pouring out of you. Things that nobody could possibly fathom start to happen. And you start to witness every miracles every single day, every day. And all you've really done is just clear the channel. That's it. You just open, you're opening, you're awakening, you're clearing the channel and it comes, it comes. That's it. That's it. Um, all right. Um, Paula, I'm with you. So hard to open. It is hard to open. It's not easy. I know I make it sound easy. Maybe I make it sound easy. Maybe I don't. <laughs> um, the reason it's hard to open is because we need to feel the things that we don't want to feel. We have to face the things that we don't want to face. We buried that shit for a reason because it doesn't feel good and it's not nice and it's not pretty. But once we face it, we feel it, we release it, we let it go. And that's it. And I know it's not easy. Um, <laughs> I'm just scrolling through a couple of the questions. Jenny, you have just smashed my heart, sister. Um, uh, Jenny's question is, do you have any online mystery school? Um, this is part of how mystery works, for, not mystery school, but how the mysteries work for me, how magic happens, how creation happens, how you hear things and feel things from different ways. Just this morning, I was feeling into, we need an online mystery school um, because it's hurting me. <laughs> uh, it's hurting me to not be able to share, open that space in a bigger way. Uh, that actually gives me tears. Um, so Jenny, I'm um, really grateful that you wrote that question. To me, that's almost like uh, being spoken to from another place uh, and validating what already hit me this morning when I was meditating and what I shared um, with Kelly, who's on the rewilding team. And <laughs> that was the end of the conversation. It was just a share and then, a, okay, let's, um, let's go let's go do a live stream. Um, so Jenny, a uh, huge thank you for speaking that um, and smashing, smashing me a little bit. I love it. Um, let me see what else we have. I want to get, I want to give you all more. So I'm going to look for, um, I want to look for questions where I can really give you something. Uh, <laughs> Michelle, I love you, woman. A mystery school in the UK. I like that idea. Um, I want to give something. I feel my heart wanting to give something like really big, really beautiful. Um. <laughs> this is beautiful, Veronica. Maybe this is something I can give. And I'll keep feeling to give more. Um, we've got another 10 minutes together, so. Um, there's something that wants to unfold and something to be given. I don't know what it is yet. We'll just keep going. Um, what do you do when you're feeling traumatized by all the work and the de-rubbling when we take the clearing personally? It seems unfair. What do you do to remember that keeps you going? I love this, Veronica, and I definitely know that you're not the only woman um, in that it is personal. Um, when we're going through it, it feels very personal um, and it hurts and there's no way around that there's no way around it and that's why a lot of people don't walk this path or they stop at a certain point because it is so uncomfortable to me for me and for the women who um, I work closely with, it's finding the support. So the things that I've talked about today, finding that support, soul support, soul support. 
not heart support, not little Sabrina support, but soul support, like deep holding. Um, for me, I have a few soul friends. Anamkara. I know I talk about that a lot, but Anamkaras, they are, they are soul friends. Like they know your soul and you know their soul and you can hold that space for each other and you can love the soul through it. So even just a person holding your soul allows this stuff to release in a different way. It's also really trusting where we're called to be when we're called to be there. Really trusting, really trusting. Um, so for me, in the early, earlier days of walking my path, walking this path um, of awakening and de-rubbling when I was really in big de-rubbling spaces, big, 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 big de-rubbling spaces, what I kept doing is I just kept feeling into what is my gut telling me? What is my deepest knowing? What deepest knowing? deepest knowing and making decisions from there, regardless of how illogical or irrational it is, because the supports show up, the right teachers show up, the right circles show up, the right retreat show up, the right book shows up, the right online course shows up. But to stay in that place and to keep going, because we fall out of it, right? We fall out of it. But to keep bringing ourselves back to that place, so keep bringing ourselves back to that place of center, of making those choices from deep wisdom, from soul, and then letting the rest of it follow the soul. So that's part of this work is the soul starts to be the one in charge. Heart follows soul. Ego follows soul. Body follows soul. Everything starts to fall in line. But if you can start making those choices from that soul feeling, that gut feeling, that shifts things. Now, when it's really painful places so dark night of the soul when it's those places you surround yourself with those who hold high vibrations with those who've been through a dark night of the soul um for me i love listening to certain teachers or reading certain books so every time when i start to fall into a dark night of the soul it is saint john of the cross because that dude knows exactly what i'm walking through when i start to go into some of those higher realms um, or clearing out some really big stuff um it's Teresa of avila her work that's for me that nourishes my soul. Those are old dead people who nourish my soul. They have created things that nourish my soul. Um, so for me, it's circle. Um, it's those soul supports. It's, it's, it's that. It's surrounding myself with things that keep bringing me back. And it's letting go of the things in my life that don't support the things in my life that I've outgrown, the things in my life that I've transitioned out of. Okay, I hope that's helpful. I'm gonna scroll just to see if there's, there's more questions. Where do we start today? It's hard to answer, Heather, because I don't know what's calling you. Um, Feel into what's calling you. What is most calling you? Who is most calling you? What teacher, what program, what thing is most calling you, right? Um, they always say, not they always say, um, James Finley is actually who says this. And I think he got it from Thomas Merton. Those are two more of my like favorite soul nourishing dudes. When you find the teacher who sings to your soul, go. When you find the facilitator or the vibratory energy of another person who's holding the space or facilitating or teaching or whatever they're doing, 
go. Go. Go and go and go and go and go until you no longer feel that feeling. Um, so if that helps at all, Heather, I've always done that. That's been part of that following my soul because there's a lot of people that won't resonate with you. There's a lot of paths that won't resonate. And there's no sense in in pushing away something that really resonates or really works. Um, so feel, um, that's probably the best thing that I can say um, about where to start today. Um, yeah. Do we have to come out of the closet in everyday life to embody our gifts? Alicia, that's a great question. That's a really great question. To me, you come out of the closet in all areas of your life when you're ready to. To me, there is a soul stamina that needs to be built up. There is an, um, a strengthening that needs to happen um, before we can come out in all areas of our life. And some of us will never come out in all areas of our life. Let's face it, most of us will never embody all of our gifts. Most of us will never get close to embodying all of our gifts, all of our potency, all of our potentiality. I probably won't get there. Most of us won't fucking get there. I'm going to work my ass off, though, to try to get there. And I'm going to open as much as I can and bring through as much as I can and release as much as I can. That's holding me back from stepping into what I can fully bring into this life. And to me, that, that's, that's the path. Is, is that. And so to answer your question, do we have to come out of the closet in everyday life to embody our gifts? If you want to embody your gifts fully, fuck yeah. Yeah, I, I can't give you any other answer other than that. You're going to have to come out in every aspect of your life with every single person of your life or you will never fully embody your gifts. That's just the truth of it. That's the truth for me. That's the truth. That's the truth of it. Um, and you can probably feel how that feels, and probably feel how scary that also feels. There's a lot of fear around it to do this in the society that we live in today. To do this in a corporate culture that we live in today, you will probably vibrate yourself right out of that corporate culture, right? It would be like Jesus working in corporate. Probably not going to happen. He's like. Dude, I got shit to do. Like, I got to go put my hands on people. I can't be here typing up fucking spreadsheets. I got to go. So that's the other aspect of it is we're looking at it from a trying to fit into where we're currently vibrating now. You will probably vibrate right out or you will vibrate so big and so huge where you're at that you will shift the whole of the culture that's there. You will shift the whole of it so that they then can vibrate where you're at right? The external world has to mirror the internal world. So when this vibrates differently, all of this outside of us vibrates differently. It changes, it shifts, it has to, it has to. That's the, that's the, the, the laws of the universe as above, so below as within, so without, right? It has to, that has to happen. We sometimes don't like it because we're human and we just want to like cling on to shit and grasp onto things that no longer fit. So a lot of times it takes us a while to catch up, right? The soul is like, dude, we are way beyond this shit. What are you doing? And you're like, yeah, but this is my paycheck. And the soul's like, dude, I got a way bigger paycheck for you. Seriously. But you're going to have to trust. You got to let go or it's never going to happen. Um, so to answer your question, Alicia, yes, yeah, sorry, sister. Um, mystery school. Mystery school in the UK. Oh, boy, you guys, I love you ladies. Um, I think I've already talked about that a bit. Um, I'm going to do one more question. La la la. Um, shifting resistance. That's a good one. We'll end on this one. We all resist the light. We all resist the light. And you might not think you do, but let me tell you that light burns. And the way that it burns is that it's killing you. That's what the light does. 
That's what the high vibratory light does. That's what the love does. It's killing you. It is legitimately killing you. Killing you. It's killing your ego. It's killing your ego. It's a death. It is a death. You walk this path long enough, big enough, fearlessly enough, you're going to face a lot of deaths. Deaths are not fun. They're not fun. We don't want to die. Our ego definitely doesn't want to die. It clings. It holds. Um, It does not want to let go. There is huge resistance to this path. Huge resistance to this path. This is why we have practices. This is why we do practice. This is why we do things like shamanic work so that we can get sneakily around the parts of us that are resisting and underneath them. This is why we work with archetypes. So in a couple of episodes ago, I talked about archetypes being this beautiful way of sneaking past the resistance, sneaking past our defense mechanisms, sneaking past the ego. So you work the practices, you work the practices, you get in the spaces that take you down, that show you the practices, that give you the tools to do this, the tools to walk this path, the tools to get past the resistance. And until you have those tools, you lean on someone else to give them to you. You lean on someone else to open that space. You lean on someone who's already walked that path, someone who's already passed that stuff, someone who can share the tools with you, someone who can open the space for you. That's a huge thing about this work is getting into circles, spaces with people who can open the door to get you through the resistance. Working with the dark goddesses, right? You want to talk about shattering your resistances? They're going to shatter the shit out of your resistances. Reason being, that's the nature of them. That's what they do. That's their gift. Um, So Dasha, that was beautiful. It's a beautiful question. It's, It's finding the practices, finding the teachers, finding the spaces, finding what's going to take you there, right? And then once you do it long enough, you're able to take yourself there. You're able to take yourself there. You've got a whole tool chest of practices. So I can set up a weekend workshop for myself going, oh, there's something going on here. Like there's more light that wants to come in. There's something that I need to release here. There's just big stuff going on here. And I have the tools and the practices and the ability to traverse into those realms to do it for myself, to take myself there. But I didn't always have that. I had to lean into others to open those spaces for me because I didn't have the ability to open those spaces for me. I didn't have the tools to take myself to those places, to support myself through that, to smash the shit out of myself. And sometimes it's still a really big gift for somebody else to smash the shit out of me. (laughs) True. Sometimes it is an amazing gift when one of my friends can just go, hey, uh, P.S. You're bullshitting yourself there. I am totally feeling this resistance. And you're like, oh, shit. Thanks, woman. Yeah, you, you nailed me. You just nailed me up against a wall. And now I can go in there because what you actually just gifted me with was the shift in that resistance. Okay, um, I'm going to end it here. I have so much love for what we do here weekly, uh, for what we're able to open up to, for what we're able to talk about, for um, what you all bring, all the topic suggestions that everybody shared yesterday. I've listed them all on a spreadsheet, so um, they haven't gone anywhere. I love them. It's just what was near and dear to my heart. What did I have the most energy around? Where's the Shakti at? Um, So everything I do is following the Shakti, following the energy following following the divine versus Sabrina's little brain. Um, so if you've got topic suggestions, send them to us, right? Go to our website. There's a contact us page. Send it through that form. Um, if you've got topic suggestions, or if you look in the Facebook group, you'll see yesterday's suggestion post. You can add them there. We'll still keep putting topics um, into podcasts. Um, I know we've been getting a lot of questions about inner circle opening up. That's a way to work with me monthly. So that's a way to work the rewilding energy, to work in the archetypes, to work the shamanic practices. That's a way for me to open the space for you. So for those of you who are feeling a resonance with rewilding, with these practices, with the things that I'm sharing, that's a way to work with me. Um, And that'll be coming online. It'll be opening up again soon. 
I don't know when. Uh, we're working on it. Uh, there's also two spots still left for retreat. So that's big space. That's big mama space. Uh, if this, again, work is really resonating with you and you're like, I am an in-person kind of person. I want the level four rewilding, like I'm ready to go for it. That's retreat. Um, ret I won't talk much more about that, but um, you can find that on our website, on our event pages. That's another way to go and go big and go fast um, and walk out with tools, walk out with ways of traversing the realms and getting into some of these deeper spaces. Um, also, um, there's two online products, two online workshops, products, that sounds really weird. They're workshops. One is on mother love and the other is the online sexual healing. Those are on our homepage. September 50, actually SEPT, S-E-P-T 50, will get you 50% off during September for the sexual healing retreat. So if that's singing to you, um, even if you just want to do this work and it's not really about sexual healing for you, that's a really great place to go. That's probably a level three. Um, yeah, it's big. It's intense. We work with dark goddesses in there, do a lot of that de-rubbling stuff. So do a lot of that opening up the channel um, to the medicine woman, to the lover, to the dark goddess, to the union, to the masculine. Um, so it's opening up a lot of those lines and giving space to release, to open, to awaken, to do the de-rubbling. Um, so that's there too, for those of you, if you're got that question, where do I start? Where do I go? I want to do something now. Um, that's what we've got at this point. Um, and that's a way, it's a way in if it's singing. All right. So much love to you all. And, um, I don't know what next week's topic is. Who knows? It will arise when it arises. And then I'll post it in the Facebook group for next week. So I hope to see you live. Um, or if you're listening to this later, I hope to, um, catch you in the next episode. All right. So much love. Mwah!